Welcome to Lingerie Lowdown, the podcast, your weekly opportunity to tune in and listen to the best review team online, taking time out to chat with you and each other about all topics in the world of lingerie, hosiery, and much more. Enjoy today's episode. Hello and welcome to Laundry Lowdown, the podcast. My name is Sophia Smith and today I am joined by the very beautiful Danny Thompson. Hi. Hi, hi, hi. I feel like I know you, but I don't really. I know. We're like Insta buddies and we've both worked for Laundry Lowdown for a really long time. Yeah. And you've been in the modeling, in the glamour modeling industry for longer than me. And that's like that's not easy to do to be in the industry. <laughs> I, I feel like I should have retired a long time ago. I just I feel like I'll never retire. I'll be like granny still. <laughs> it's so different now though, isn't it? I think people are I mean the industry is different, but I think people are staying in it for longer. Yeah, do you know what? Because I remember when I started in the industry and so many jobs were like, oh, 18 to 20, you must not be older than 22, regardless of how old you were, it was the age on your passport, you must be 18 to 22. And then it kind of got to 24 and then it was 26. And now the most successful people that I know in this industry are well into their 30s and beyond. I know. I mean, I I remember being 24 in the newspaper for a good few years. And I like the fact that whenever they took a picture of you, if you actually shot with them, however, or whatever age you were when you kind of signed the, the release form, mm-hmm. um, you stayed that age. So if they printed that picture three years later, you'd still be that age that you were when it was taken. So that worked for me. Yeah. I quite liked that. I used to have a model age. And I think I had a model age up until... I was actually around 32 and now I don't I don't know what it is I think it's because because of how the industry conditions you to be now I'm just like yeah I'm 35 so but up until I was about 32 I think I was always about 26. Yeah I mean I think I think yeah it's just it's really weird because it was always like that and then with acting as well you have an acting age so I've kind of I moved on I went into acting and mm-hmm. and you have a playing age so you know you're between this certain you know age and it's very different like here and in the states because in the states you have people in their 30s playing 18 19 years old and if all of the cast are that a similar age playing that age it kind of works because they, you know nobody looks way older than the rest yeah. Um, but here in the UK, they very much want you to be the age you are. So it gets quite, it's more, it's more difficult. Yeah. And the interesting thing is the difference between the modelling industry and because I haven't done as much acting as you, but I have, I've done a, a reasonable amount. And the difference between the modelling and the acting is that you always with acting play some, generally you play someone younger. Yeah. Whereas when I'm 35 in a glamour industry world I'm like MILF vibes so do you so hate I, being called a MILF as well like I, I hate it I find it really offensive do you I, I wouldn't if I was actually a mum but I'm not and then I think people are just really thick because then they're getting the abbreviation wrong they don't want it they don't want it means they call you a MILF and I'm like well I'm not though am I because <laughs> I'm actually, you know I'm actually not I think they use it just to mean older lady <laughs> I, I know I'd rather be called something else like even if it was a cougar I'd take that but I don't know I just think it's a really crap term I was saying this to my friend the other day my other friend was agreeing but then we realized that our other friend is actually a mum of three and we were like no he didn't mean it like that we've dropped yeah. ourselves in it but I just mean like 
it's just annoying yeah find it annoying. You the literal term I get it yeah right so your early years experience in the glamour world so you start you must have started because you were um in it before me film cameras were still a thing when I started although it was about a 50 50 split um did you start with agencies I did I started with good old supermodel back in the day wow okay yeah <laughs> like I must have been I think I was 20 Mm-hmm. 19 or 20 it just seems so long ago now I started with them and then it kind of just went from there I mean they sent me straight to the sport and then that was kind of it so obviously the daily sport was a crazy newspaper but I have a lot to thank it for so mm-hmm. I mean, it, had a vast, it still does have a vast readership its stories are absolutely ridiculous I mean I don't think anyone buys it to read the story so no <laughs> so. it's like a pictorial newspaper it is it is and the stories are slightly crazy, like the Queen Meg guy and, you know, whatever else. Yeah. It does have a lot of uh, questionable um, articles, but it because it did have so even obviously now it still has such a, um, a wide kind of reader base. Um, it's still really, really good. If you're kind of looking to break into pub- the published industry, it's still quite a good place to go because it's a very easy place to really get your name out there in front of like tens of thousands of people quite quickly. Yeah, it definitely is. I mean, I don't, I don't know what the state of the newspaper is in now. I know it got sold. And is it? Do they have a midweek and a weekend one now? Maybe is that? Is I'm it not still sure that? It used to be daily, and then they had a Sunday one. So there's Monday yeah. to Saturday, and they had a Sunday. But now I think they only release two a week, or mm-hmm. maybe three a week, or something. Um, yeah. But it's just also. I mean, that's kind of the only place you can go now if you're starting out. Like, where would you go? Because all the lads' mics are gone. Mm-hmm. It's literally Insta or nothing. And then I think it's just very different. Original um, hard-backed style publications have web series right, or apps perhaps. But, yeah, I remember when I started, I, um, I was not with – I mean, I was with Supermodel a little bit, but I think that by the time that I joined Supermodel, the industry was kind of on its ass anyway. Um I uh, used to be with Magic and I also did a little bit with Sam Bond as well. Um, and I did loads with Mackenzie models as well. And um, I rem- and also there was an agency called Blues Agency who um, was a very little agency. Nobody really knew them, but I did Playboy through them. So that was like, it was really good. It was like I'd found this secret agency. That's amazing. That nobody else knew about. But, yeah, I've um, never heard of them. Yeah, I mean, they don't exist anymore. Um, But I remember when I started and I was so desperately trying to do magazines and papers and things and it was so hard and the money was awful, awful, unless you were contracted. Um, And whilst it's really, really sad that they don't really exist in the same form anymore, I'm kind of not really surprised because they didn't really evolve like we are are still working because we evolved with the industry but they kind of tend they didn't did they no I mean there's things they could have done I'm not sure the top of my head what but I mean I think social media is really what killed it and it was about the time I kind of went to drama school I think I'd been modeling a few years and then I think Facebook became a thing and 
I don't mm-hmm. think Instagram was around yet. I think it was Facebook and it was Twitter. And mm-hmm. I was kind of getting to that age thinking like, what, you know, I was still in the mindset that you can only do this for, you know, until, you know, 30 was going to be a cut off. It was. So I, kind of, I went to drama school when I was 26. And I mm-hmm. thought, well, I need to kind of work on what I'm going to do next. And then after drama school, I was like, you know, I was trying to be a serious actress. I, started, I didn't wear as much makeup anymore. And I was like, I took my hair extensions out and I was trying to, I was still blonde at the time. But other than that, I was trying to be all natural and be taken seriously. And I thought, well, I'm still going to get booked because I've got these great big boots. I'm still going to get booked because I look a certain way. And I don't yeah. care why I get booked for a movie as long as they book me and I'm getting paid, you know. Mm-hmm. So and then I realized I'm still making money because, I was, you know, when you start out acting, you're doing little bits and here and there. We're still mm-hmm. doing little bits here and there. So I'm not making a fortune from it. So I'm kind of like, well, I'm still making money modeling. So if I can, then why wouldn't I? It's really interesting that you say that. I was talking to my partner the other day and um, he he's currently on furlough, but he does modeling as well. And he's looking for um, other work. He doesn't want to return to his, where he's on furlough from, he doesn't want to return. He wants to move on to something else. And he had a um, a recruitment lady say to him, well, what, what area do you want to work in? And he was like, all of them. <laughs> And um, I said, the funny thing is, I remember going to, oh God, which agency was it? They didn't take me on. I can't remember who it was, but when I went to see them for a casting, they said, what area of the modeling industry do you want, do you want to work in? And I was like, well, all of it. Like, yeah, I, you put not, it. not in a rubbish way, but I don't care. Yeah. I don't really care. Like, ask me if I want to do the job and I'll say yes or no. Like, it's kind of, I'm really open and yeah. quite easy going. And so, really, like you've just said, it was kind of, it's more really about like doing, getting booked rather than kind of being, oh, no, I'm not, I'm not doing that. Yeah. I mean, if you're like some supermodel and you're getting paid hundreds of thousand pounds every day, then you can pick and choose your jobs. But if you're trying to pay a mortgage and pay your bills by doing yeah. this as a job, then, you know, it's of course I do commercial commercials of course I do like lifestyle and glamour is obviously our background but it doesn't mean we're stuck in glamour I think I think people also get that thing where you know they see you in a certain way and then that's what they only think you can do but obviously without kind of the glamour makeup and you know with different clothes we can both look completely different like you know be versatile do you think that people are much more accepting now of um how diverse someone's career can be because I remember starting in in the industry and I was just adamant I wanted to do fashion and I mean I am I am not a fashion model I know that now but very quickly I learned I'm not a fashion model and so I went into glamour and I started modeling actually because I wanted to be an actress and I didn't have the confidence for it but I was very happy just posing and so um I I did gain more confidence but I remember being in the glamour industry, everyone was very much like, no, 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 you're not for us, sweetie. And do you think now that people are just more accepting of the fact that, yes, you can do news and also you can you can promote our brand of moisturizer? Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, again, like I look at the states and they are they are more acceptive out there. I mean, most actors out there have done like some kind of topless or nude modeling at some point in their life or you know even if it's bikini shots they're still sexy it's still glamour really Mm -hmm. Uh, but then you know but then they're happy to America's just more accepting like that I think the UK they're really stuffy with certain things it's not really the modeling acting world very much is 
But I think now with all the reality TV stuff, I think the people in some of those are a lot more trashy than any of the glam models ever were. <laughs> and they're using them to promote all kinds of things because it's money, isn't it? So I think yeah. now they're, being, they're looking at, you know, how many Twitter followers you've got, how many Insta followers you've got to, you know, to then book you because that's how they know people are going to go and buy that product. So I think it, yeah, it is very different. It is very different. I mean, we, they're saying that there are fun. there are ex models that have done very well. I know, like Keely Hazel's done quite a bit of acting now. Mm-hmm. Um, you see her pop up in different sort of mainstream productions. Ellie Brock. Yeah. So yeah, I mean, I think there are. It's I think obviously it's a mindset, isn't it? It's people's attitude. If you, mm-hmm. it depends on the person as to how they portray themselves when they're not in a photograph. You know. Yes, exactly. So I have a question. What is a scream queen? A scream queen. It's an actress that does mainly horror or is known for doing mainly horror. And okay. that's kind of the route I ended up going down. Okay. Not, not like on purpose, really. When I went to drama school, I didn't think quite, I'm only going to do horror films. Mm-hmm. But the horror industry is very, very small. And I did a couple of little bits and I actually love horror. I've always watched horror films. So it kind of is my thing, but then I'm also very pink and girly and I like unicorns. So I'm not, I'm not like, I'm not like, you know, the stereotypical screen cream really. I'm not, you know, I'm scared of everything. The industry is quite small. Everyone knows everyone. And sort of Mm -hmm. once I did one, it's kind of just steamrolled from there really. Yeah. Are you working on anything um, acting wise at the moment? Because obviously production can still continue during the this third stage of the pandemic. Oh, God, I know how many how many stages of this pandemic are there. Um, I had last year, I did a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, I had a film early in the year, in January last year, actually this time last year. Mm-hmm. and then I and then obviously we were locked down for ages mm-hmm. then I did a little short well it's sort of in the middle of length of a short feature in the mm-hmm. summer and then I just did a scene for a film called uh Power Tool Cheerleaders versus the boy band I saw that when in <laughs> well I shot a scene for that and now we're basically waiting I think they're organizing locations and things so as soon as they get the get-go we'll be able to shoot and I I've got a few more that were postponed from last year. I was supposed to go out to Texas last year and shoot out there. And that's probably now going to be this December coming up. Like it was, I was meant to go in December again. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I've got a few films. I've got one called Blood Demons we're looking at shooting in May. Mm-hmm. Um, I've got something from March, whether that's going to get postponed, I don't know. So, Can you just explain to people what a short is? Because some people won't know. So a short film is so a feature film is usually from eighty minutes above, and a short film can be anything from like one minute to up to that kind of eighty minute stage. So short films just shorter films. A lot of people tend to make them when they're starting out because mm-hmm. it's like showreel footage, or even if you're a filmmaker, it's it's basically their business card. It's to show somebody this is what you can do. But this was actually for a writer. He's actually in, uh, writes books, and he's writing just kind of some short short films and a couple of friends of mine were doing and I don't usually do it I don't usually do shorts now I used to it was just a case of I'm not doing anything and I'm bored I'll do it yeah I just got to play an alien so it's quite cool (laughs) Alan what do you say you normally um spend on set for a feature film oh my god that's that can be really difficult. I mean, I shot a full feature film in eight days before, but then wow. feature film, yeah, it was it was very long days from literally like the morning to like 
11 at night or whatever but yeah um, I mean you can do it it can be done and a lot of the independent films will be shot in you know a couple either a couple of weeks maybe three weeks four yeah. weeks um but obviously big feature films can go on for months I think I think the bigger the budget the more time you can take the yeah. more people you can use I, uh, it, you know I worked for Steven Spielberg not last year but the year before on the set of brave new world and i was filming with alden ehrenreich who um who was han solo and i was on set for four days and just in reference to your eight day feature film yeah i'm on set for four days and my screen time is probably 90 seconds wow yeah i mean I've, I've, I think it's a big of touches. They just take so long to do anything as well, don't they? Like it's the setup and obviously you shoot all the different angles a few different times and what have you, but sometimes it's just like, you just have the time. So they just keep shooting it and you're like, I've shot this however many times. Yeah. And yeah, it's, it's going to, and it will be a, a second of film. Yes, exactly. So you have potentially got lots and lots and lots of things coming up that people can see you in. Yeah, I've got I've got things that are due to be out this year. So there's a film called Harvest of the Dead, which I think might be out. There's one called Devil in the Woods, which I was only in a little bit, actually. Um, mm -hmm. That's due out. Ice Cream on the Beach is due out this year. So loads of things are due to be released. But yeah, last year, I mean, I feel like because I got that one feature film in at the beginning of the year, some people don't even get one feature film a year, but I I was kind of on a bit of a roll where like the minimum I think I've done is three ever mm -hmm. since I left drama school. And I've been kind of trying to, I think if I do four a year, then I'm happy. But yeah. obviously last year is just a write-off. I don't think that's, that's, that's not like, if it hadn't been locked down, I'd be panicking that I'd only done that small amount of work, but mm -hmm. it's not my fault. It's the world. So. <laughs> Enjoying the conversations today? Well, we wanted to take a short break to tell you more about our website. Are you looking to treat a loved one or yourself to some new lingerie or hosiery and don't know where to start? Let the most diverse team of presenters from around the globe introduce you to more than 460 brands as we publish new and exclusive reviews every day. In fact, we have over 5,000 reviews online right now and you can join us from only $7.99 a month. However, we want to treat you to something a little special for listening to our podcast today. So use the promo code podcast when buying a three, six or 12 month membership and we'll give you an extra 10% off the purchase price. Best of all, there's no time limit with this code so you can keep using it each time you renew your membership. Please note this is not applicable to the monthly membership. So, after listening to the rest of this podcast, head on over to lingerielowdown.com forward slash join and use the promo code podcast today. Thanks for listening. Now let's get back to the podcast. So within your acting career, are you, as you said, like obviously kind of the screen queen is someone who tends to generally do the more of the horror style stuff consistently. Yeah. And you said that that part of the industry is quite small. Now, I, I love uh, horror films. I, I love hate them. Like, I hate to watch them because I'm I'm afraid of the dark. I'm a proper scaredy cat. Like, the wind can blow and I think there's an intruder. Um, but by the same token, I love that kind of adrenaline rush that you get with them. Mm. Um, and so I'm, I am familiar that it's quite a small uh, 
industry and it's really hard to get funding for horror yeah. films. They tend to not do very well on the big screen. A lot of big screens won't even take them. So I, so I am familiar with it's it's very um I should imagine everyone's friends within horror. And yeah. so do you get most of your acting work kind of word of mouth or just yeah. because your film speaks for itself or do you also have representation? No, I don't have an agent at the moment. I kind of had one and then we sort of went our separate ways last year mm-hmm. because he was he was like, well, you know, you're getting your own work. And also he wasn't finding anything that I was really suitable for because I am, okay. I suppose, quite niche. Um, mm-hmm. So, I mean, I would be looking again, but at the moment, again, it's just no point because nothing's happening. Um, so, yeah, a lot of it is word of mouth or, you know, I, you know, you kind of see things advertising places and I'll apply that way. But, yeah, mostly word of mouth. But I know, yeah, it's very much an independent industry. Um, and it's only the kind of your big things, the big budget ones like Scream and those kind of things, which will get cinema releases. So a lot of the times independent cinema um and festivals and things with horror so it is um I mean you get the odd one that then goes and makes loads of money but it's always something with a really quirky title like the Sharknadoes yeah, that was ridiculous but look how much yeah, money there wasn't there that oh god I can't remember what it's called but the Korean one that won an Oscar oh I don't oh, oh was that the recent one yeah I can't think what it's called I haven't seen it does it begin with a Oscar I'm just going to Google that really, really quickly. Parasite. Parasite. I haven't seen it. It's a movie which basically won an Oscar out of nowhere. I mean, I'm sure it's an amazing film, but it won an Oscar out of absolutely nowhere. And for a horror movie to win an Oscar and a Korean movie to win an Oscar is huge. Well, I just, these whole Oscars and things, I just, it's, you know, it depends when the film's released, doesn't it? So it's all, you notice only the films that have been released in the last couple of months before the Oscars actually get, put up for Oscars so it depends on the time of the release I think it's just a it's like who you know and what you know isn't it yes probably you know. a lot of the time there is a lot of uh, like you just don't know how much the Korean people paid for that to be you just don't know what's happened I just think that Oscars and all of those things are a little bit dodgy so fun fact um I have shot the most reviews for Laundry Lowdown but guess who is second who's second am I second you Oh, wow. <laughs> oh, so funny. I, d- I didn't know that. Like, I know you were there, you started before I did, and I've been there, must be about two years now, if longer. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Must be. Yeah. Oh. I love, I love numbers. I'm almost, I'm in the wrong industry. I just, I should be a mathematician. I love statistics and numbers and all these, and conversions and, and Do all you? Oh my goodness. yes, I love it so much. And um yeah, so I saw um a bit of a, a graph of kind of yeah. not who's done what, but of who's done how much. Right. And I was like, I was like, who is catching me? So are you one of these then that when it comes around to doing your accounts, you're just like having the best time? I bought some highlighters, okay. <laughs> some <laughs> some pastel neon highlighters and um uh, then I couldn't find them and I was like I can't I can't do my accounts now so I ordered a second batch and then I found the original batch and I actually I have an accountant my accounts are not very simple unfortunately because um because I have a lot of uh revenue from different parts of the world um it's my accounts are not that simple I can definitely do them myself I did do accounting at a level and I do do them myself and then I send them to my accountant and I go right do it for me so yeah. I just like to do it myself because um I don't know it feels it feels thorough Mm -hmm. and 
um, I just like to have an idea. I don't want him to email me and I go, you owe five billion pounds. Yeah. So, yes, I love numbers. Um, so with you being the second most recorded reviewer, what do you enjoy about Lingerie Lowdown? Yeah, I just love underwear. Like I always have. I suppose doing the job we do, we end up wearing it a lot. So, um, I mean, I just I love all the different things. And what I love is sort of trying things that I just wouldn't otherwise. Because there's so many times when I've I've seen something and I'm like, why would you send me this? <laughs> because obviously everyone has tastes and styles, and we all kind of. And I tend to very much stick to what I like. Like I'll go out and buy pink things, black things, and leopard print, and. You know, when it comes to hosiery, I'm very much seam up the back and that's about as crazy I'll go. But, you know, obviously we're sent things that, because it's not just about style, it's about obviously, you know, the quality and, you know, all these other things. Because, mm -hmm. you know, even though we might not like something, somebody else might. So we have to review it, you know, for everyone's taste. Yeah. But yeah, I've tried so many things that I just wouldn't have otherwise. And then there's a lot of the times I've ended up really liking them and it's really surprised me. So it's kind of opened my eyes a little bit to being a little bit more outrageous with my style maybe sometimes okay. and you know and it's great and and obviously we've always got supply of stockings I never run out of stockings anymore never it used to be a thing. I did uh, I did a few days just extra work actually on Batman last year um yeah. just because it was it was really good money and it was like a lot of days so I was like you yeah. know what I'll do it just to see mm -hmm. what it's like on set and I actually if I do stuff like that on the odd occasion I just think I'll, I'll end up doing loads of my own work while you're not being used so, like, I, I actually planned a whole film script on the dining bus. So um, you can use your time wisely. But I actually, it was so cold, and they wanted me to wear fishnets. It was a funeral scene. I don't know who would wear fishnets at a funeral, but that's what they wanted me to wear. And I managed to layer four pairs of nude tights underneath the fishnets to be warm I couldn't really move and I had no circulation but I was warm <laughs> and I wouldn't, I wouldn't have had four pairs of nude tights if it had not been for laundry later yeah it's funny what you say actually just touching on the um on the dining bus thing so when you're on set um depending on how oh. how well you're featured you actually get quite a lot of free time don't yeah. you like you'll have to be available G generally it runs 12 hour, a, a set will run a 12 hour day for you hmm. but um like from your call time to yeah leave. but you'll actually be physically working much less than that won't you but you have to be ready yeah yeah so you can be sitting there like reading a book or whatever so I always have a book in my bag and mm -hmm. and then I'll have like a notepad so I think that time I was I was well I'm still writing the script but I literally planned the whole script, the treatment, whilst sat on the bus. So I think you're getting paid and using your time, which I'd be sat at home doing it in my own time otherwise. So sometimes it works out. That's really good. I'm a big fan of productivity and using your time wisely. And it sounds like when you're on set that you definitely do that. Yeah. I mean, even or if I'm away filming, a lot of the time, like I was in Texas last year. So last mm -hmm. year before now. Um and so I had a lot of hotel time in between my mm -hmm. filming. So mm -hmm. I had stuff there. And on I always find planes and trains, I always manage to write a lot because you don't have the distractions and you often don't have Wi-Fi. And so for me, yeah. my distraction is my social media. Mm -hmm. and I'll check it and then I'll check it again. And nothing's going to have happened, but I'll check it again. And then, yeah. and then an hour is gone. So, yeah, planes and trains, I am the most productive in hotels. Do you... Um... 
as you're a trained actress and when you take on roles which you're probably in the in the nicest way you're above them like as you're a trained actress you other than wanting to there's no reason for you to be doing background work yeah do you find it a little bit frustrating sometimes working with background artists because I <laughs> um, I did Pennyworth and I had two scenes and one scene in particular made me want to bang my head against the wall because a lot of extras and background artists are not doing it because it's their career but because it's extra money on their day off from their conventional nine to five so how do you how do you feel about that do you find it frustrating or do you just kind of go get the job done and think yeah and I'll do me yeah I just do that I mean a lot of them are there as well and they think that they are actually like actors don't they they think that they're like (laughs) they think that they're you know part of the main production and I just mm. I, I just kind of it is very much Ricky Gervais's extra but I did a bit of it but way before I went to drama school and when I was modeling because mm. then it's just easy money isn't it and now I'm like I don't do much of it but I'll do the odd one if they're like oh it's a day here and it's going to work out about 200 pounds a day isn't it by the end by the time you've had overtime and everything else I'm like mm. well I'm not doing it that day I don't mind doing it and a lot of the time for me because I am very niche and I do the horror stuff it's not really stuff that I'd necessarily be doing anyway so mm-hmm. I, don't, I just kind of look at it like that like you know I mean if it was if it was in a horror film or something I wouldn't do it because I'd be like no because <laughs> no, I feel I, like I should, I should, I should main past. <laughs> yeah like but if it's if it you know some random production then mm-hmm. yeah I don't mind okay and then because actors again that's another thing here with the states most actors have done a bit of extra work but in the UK like agents and things are saying oh don't do it like they think mm. they think we should be above it but what do they want you to do to earn money in the meantime do I don't want to be a waiter or something my impression of um the acting industry in America versus the UK is it's quite it's kind of frowned upon in the UK to do extra work mm. whereas in America a lot of Hollywood stars actually work up their ranks through exactly from going extra to background artists to featured artists to like they they actually get so much experience on set working because you do learn things on set don't you I mean you I mean I remember when I first did a bit of it they were they were still using cameras where they're like check the gate and all of this kind of stuff and you're like what's that and you learn all these little different phrases and things yeah which I actually haven't heard anyone say that in the last I don't even know how many like last 10 years I've heard no one say that on a film set so maybe this I don't know I don't know why not but um yeah, I, I mean, I don't do much of it, but at the moment, especially where there's a little odd job there and there's nothing else going on, like there's no indie films being made because obviously at the moment productions are having to pay for people to have COVID tests before filming mm-hmm. and the independent ones are not going to do that. So they're just waiting, waiting, playing a waiting game mm-hmm. one day when we get out of lockdown. What are your long-term industry plans, if any at all? Oh, I don't know. Um I mean, I'd, I'd like to, I'm writing stuff at the moment. I'd like to kind of do maybe a little bit more mainstream. Like I want to kind of stick with my horror kind of persona. And, mm-hmm. you know, I still want to maybe be looked at for the horror films, but I'd like to do some stuff that TV maybe, or stuff that's just going to make me a bit more money than an independent mm-hmm. movie. I've been writing a series with a friend throughout mm-hmm. lockdown as well. So we've been, mm-hmm. we kind of planned it all together and we've taken three episodes each. I'd like to eventually try and get funding to make that. Mm-hmm. um and a bit more production like, like I've got the other script I said I was writing <laughs> or set did the thing on the bus um I've got that I'd like to produce and 
so yeah I just want to continue I mean I mean I still enjoy it but I just would like to I just feel like I don't know the moment is very frustrating isn't it because nothing's nothing's happening but I'm sure that's everybody feels like that about everything in the world yeah so yeah I mean that really I've also been studying more stuff in lockdown I've been doing crystal healing aromatherapy and animal reiki so yeah. I think it's good to have like a little side thing going on mm-hmm. so you have lots of uh strings to your bow yes that's lovely yeah. I've actually I've really really enjoyed getting to know more about you because like I say obviously you kind of our industry is actually quite lonely you can work with someone one time and you have to be friends with them quite quickly because yeah. you just have to get on really well for the day and then you might never see them again but then you have of social media mates but you all work with the same people and your path crosses with other people that you've all worked with and so it's kind of been that way for you and I we've worked with a lot of the same people I think and kind of been in the same area of the industry but I have never spoken to you no I know it's crazy I think you're like more north are you further north or are you because I'm London based now so I um I don't know why I forgot where I was from then <laughs> of course for a moment I forgot so I was born in Leeds I grew up there and now on the other side of the Pennines I live in Saddleworth which many people have never heard of um so the Moors murders oh I've heard of those that's where I live I live there <laughs> oh, okay so yeah I was Norfolk I when I started modeling I was in Norfolk and I moved to London I, so I guess I we just haven't Norfolk. been in the same place at the same time I, I just felt like you were Midlands for some reason no no oh, okay. well thank you so much Danny thank please you. tell the listeners um where they can find you on social media what is your at on Instagram I don't know if you have Facebook or um and your Twitter can you let them know it's, please basically the same on all of them it's Miss Danny T's so M-I-S-S-D-A-N-I-T-E-E-Z-E very good and that's on all three is that on all three on all of them and Snapchat and just whatever else it's always the same super I love that brand consistency (laughs) (laughs) it's easier for me to remember Good. Well, thank you for listening, everybody. That was Miss Danny Thompson and I'm Sophia Smith. You have been listening to Laundry Lowdown, the podcast. Thanks for joining us on Laundry Lowdown, the podcast. Don't forget that we release a brand new episode every Wednesday for you all to enjoy. So if you love lingerie as much as we do, Make sure to catch us same time, same place next week. Don't forget to visit the website lingerielowdown.com forward slash join and use our promo code podcast to get an extra 10% off a three, six or 12 month membership today.